Welcome to the last Wednesday of the week, the multi-tool of sports podcast, where we usually bring you a look at the week just gone in sports. We usually bring you a week, a look to the week ahead in sports, but this week we are focused on one sport only, the single-use tool, the specialist tool, with our friend of the show, Paul is back for one show only. We're all about Formula One. So join us on this, the last Wednesday of the week, as we dive in to the season so far and look ahead to what's come, what's to come in Formula One. <laughs> Are we uh, copyright allowed to do the chain? Yeah, I mean, it's a cover, right? Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I changed um, to be honest, one I don't note. know what the rules... You did. I did. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't know which one. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the rules are on podcasts. I don't think there are any rules, Ben. Um, yes, welcome to the last Wednesday of the week um, with your host, Dan, Ben and Paul. Yay. We are Simon is AWOL again. So we're taking the rare opportunity to just go all in on Formula One. And those of you that listened to our first season way back when uh, Paul joined us to talk about uh, last uh no, it wasn't even last season. It was pre-season. It was a preview, wasn't it, Paul, you joined us for? It was. It was uh, testing and why the Williams is the best-looking car out there and um, why Mazepin shouldn't be allowed to drive a car. Yes, and I, I think one of those still remains. In fact, both of those still remain because I think the Williams has grown on just about everybody and Mazepin still shouldn't be allowed to drive a car. So, you know, there we go. Let's hope we can make some uh, similar predictions for the rest of this season. We're going to get into quite a lot so far. Um, before we start, I want to just get a pulse check from you both. Uh, out of seven, right, out of seven. seven, how would you rate, yeah, out of seven, seven. how would you rate the season so far? Paul. Oh, it's a strong 6.5, isn't it? It's okay, got to be. Interesting. Interesting. All right. I'll ask you to justify that in a bit, Ben. Uh, I'm going to say a five out of seven. Okay. All right. Ben, justify your five. Okay. Uh, justify my five. Uh, so, first of all, it's nice not to have Simon here. I think it's worth mentioning <laughs> that again. We can um, say what you want because he doesn't listen. Yeah, he doesn't listen. He doesn't <laughs> care about Formula One. Paul's far more, uh, bet- more better looking. Wow. Nailed it from the start, Ben. Um, so, listen, five out of 10 because I think it is a, ten, a seven, out seven out of 10 season. Yeah, so I, I, it's not a 10 out of 10, it's a 7 out of 10, which I think converts to a 5 out of 7. Pretty sure that's good math. Um, I think Hang it's on, been... just going to the independent adjudicator. <laughs> math checks out. Math checks out. Um, it's not been the best year in history, absolutely not. Was it better than last year? No, last year was unbelievable. It was this crazy COVID year, um, one of the greats. So is it been one of the best races in the last 20 year seasons in the last 20 years maybe but there's been three or four woeful races and we're just off the back of a really bad one which is kind of sticking in the memory a little bit for me all right paul you're six and a half slash seven yeah well it's it it gets a 6.5 it has to have a 0.5 because we've got those stupid half points from um the race <laughs> that, the, the race that never was uh which was i think the low point for me um sitting watching right just watching yeah. rain like camera lenses and people trying to fill time when they should have just they should have severed that limb shouldn't they early on and just stopped Absolutely. the bleeding um i've really enjoyed the season and i'm very excited for 
for the rest of it. I'm disappointed by some of the driving, but I'm I'm, st- I'm very excited by the emergence of some of the you know future champions that we're seeing. You know the the news about you know the driver market opening up and where they're going to be next year, and you know Mick Schumacher being potentially one of the greatest talents out there in one of if not the worst cars and I, I could see that we sort of like are we sure about him <laughs> as one of the greatest talents out there he I think is driving that car better than better than some of the other drivers could drive it I, I'll, I'm going to give him a, a solid uh, on that one because I just think he's doing a really good job and I really like seeing him on the track maybe it's since watching the Schumacher special on Netflix I've, I've grown to love him and I look forward to seeing him in a Williams next year when they announce their new driver lineup, even though they've announced their driver lineup. <laughs> I, I listen, I, I'm super excited that you're you're uh, pumped to not see Albon and to see uh, Mick Schumacher in that seat because I would actually back that decision. Uh, and I, I I also echo the fact that after watching that documentary, I was like, man, the Schumachers are good people. Hey, like Mick Schumacher is a good guy. Do I think he's a generational talent? No, I think his teammates just garbage and i think that's making him look better um i think he's got a long way to go uh, but i'll definitely agree there is some incredible talents coming out we've obviously got a couple of them british as well who are hopefully going to be racing against each other for years to come uh formula one's in a good place i, I didn't say this two weeks ago because on the back of that turkey race it was hard to say anything positive but yeah formula one i think is in a good place and it is it is one of the great seasons yeah i gave it a five out of seven but we've got battles in the drivers construct and constructors championships that are looking you know destined to go the distance um with six races less le- left as only what is it six points i mean incredible uh, so yeah we're gonna get into this so the season so far, I, I think I would agree with probably a six. I'd probably give it a six out of seven, uh, purely off the back of trying to compare it against last year. As you said, Ben, the uniqueness of last year and some of those back-to-back races we had, for example, Austria, just threw up some incredible spectacle of racing, which we just haven't seen that similar level and excitement. And I wonder if there's a bit of no- novelty factor, you know, the difficult second COVID album for Formula One, you know, that kind of thing. Um <laughs> But there's, I think there's been some dire races as well. And when I thought back and tried to think about some of the races I really enjoyed this year, I really struggled, to be fair. I know I've enjoyed some of them because we've talked about it, but actually I, I struggled to pinpoint. Um, but just for a bit of background for those that haven't been following um, so closely, is it's arguably one of the closest title battles for some time. Right, for, for, for a significant amount of time. And like you said, Ben, one that looks like it could go to the end, which, I mean, doesn't really happen anymore, does it? Um, so 262.5 points to Max Verstappen and 256.5 points to Lewis Hamilton. So they've sort of been swinging to and from over the last few races, and it looks like it could go on. Uh, 177 points, third place for Valtteri Bottas. So, you know, it's definitely between those two right now. Uh, in the Constructors' Championship, you know, we might want to talk about Bottas, but clearly he's doing something right because Mercedes are steaming away in the Constructors with 433.5 points and uh, Red Bull 397.5 points. So that's pretty wrapped up. But the Drivers' Championship is is certainly looking really exciting. And there are, um, what, three, six races left to go. 
So a lot of excitement to come. But Paul, Ben, let's look back at what we've had so far. We know we've had dire races. There's been some exciting times. Um, what I want to know, Ben, let's start with you. What What was your race highlight so far of 21? Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of race highlights uh, of the season. I've definitely got a couple. It might be of, a, ra- a whole race or like a single event. It could be. Either. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give you three highlights, and you can come at me and give me ideas of why I'm wrong or, as ever, why I'm right. Um, the Russian GP. Uh, it's hard not to have this as a highlight. Now, obviously, we had absolute heartbreak for Lando Norris, but what a race! If you're a neutral. Uh, sorry, if you're a new Formula One fan coming to this and watching Hamilton and Lando go head to head, tactic calls, changing weather, an incredible run from Carlos Sainz, who I'm a big fan of at the moment, Verstappen making the top two in the end to keep the title fight alive from the back of the grid. Um, it was a brilliant race weekend. The Russian GP put on a show. Crowd was also good. Looked to be rained off before the weekend as well. So thankfully, we didn't get another spa debacle. Uh, so that's my first highlight. My second is Danny Rick and the Monza GP in general. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the crash between title rivals. Is it ever a bad thing to see Danny Rick handing out shoeies at an end of a race? Like, I love the guy. Like, never, how can you not love the honey badger? He's such a top guy. And also, great to see him back where he belongs. His career never really went the way that we thought it might. I think the emergence of Max Verstappen was probably the reason for that. And finally, I'm going to throw it out there and you can come at me. The race of the season, the Bottas missile at the start of the Hungarian Grand Prix. <laughs> I've forgotten about Ocon, remember, Ocon managed to hold off Sebastian Vettel for 60 laps before yeah. he was DQ'd for a petrol infringement or whatever they put in cars now. Hamilton lining up on the grid on the restart on his own with 16 yeah. cars through the pit lane like i mean the guy if he isn't already at the top of formula one on his own was literally lining up on a race <laughs> restart on his own the hungarian grand prix was was the highlight of the season gutted that vettel got uh pulled over for what i think was a was a very harsh i know it was the rules but very harsh infringement in a race of of, of that um uh that example of that statue of that excitement I have to agree with, with with a lot of those. I think particularly Lando Norris, though, um, I think as heartbreaking as that was to watch for him, just knowing what he has available to him for the future. And Paul, you were saying, uh, or Ben, I forget now already, you blend into one. Uh, you know, the it's future the of F one is in safe hands, and we're gonna we're gonna come onto that a bit. But Paul, Paul, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I I have to say the. The missile, the Bottas missile was definitely one of those moments, <laughs> wasn't it? Where you just shouted at the TV like, like, like full send. Do you know what I mean? Like, go on, son. Full send. Absolute, with uh, with the whole of the pit lane, just jaws open. Couldn't quite believe what they were seeing, could they? Um, I think there was, well, there were, was Bottas and Russell have a bit of a tangle somewhere as well, didn't they? They have a bit of a... God, they did. had a bit of a naughty one, didn't they, where... You know, I think maybe George forgot he was in a Williams, um, and thought I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this guy. Uh, um, I don't know, was it Imola? I can't even think where it was. Imola, it was at was Imola. That this yeah, season that feels yeah, like that was so this season at, at Imola. He tried to do the break in. He took Bottas out. It was a yeah. big hit for Bottas as well. Yeah, it was a it was a massive crash, wasn't it? Um, Close to ending his Mercedes career there and then, wasn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that might have made it. I think that I think that made it, didn't it? <laughs> oh, crikey, that's dark. I that think um, Russell went across, and I don't know if he gave him the bird or like shook his hand at him or like I don't know, gave him the friend sign. But he he got pulled up. Uh, I think after that, by a lot of the commentators saying that was wrong. He should have checked. He was okay. But listen, that's that's Formula One. That's the stuff that we all miss. There's the reason, you know, the Schumacher documentary. A lot of it, well, not a lot of it, but there was a moment around the incident with dc because that's what fans love they love that excitement that crazy anger that you get um and formula one can sometimes be um i think a little bit sterilized in in the modern era yeah i agree I yeah think, i mean if I think, you think sorry dude i think long on, Paul, gone sorry are, you carry long, on man long gone are the days of your james hunts and it getting out of the car and smoking cigarettes and walking off with, you know, a woman under each arm um, while you've got a cup, you know, you've got a cup full of champagne and some of these amazing <laughs> trophies that they used to get. Now it's like, uh, it looks like something you would get from a from an under-15s football tournament. Oh, it, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's a Heineken. It's a Heineken logo. <laughs> you know, ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, there's been some, um, there's been some moments, isn't there, on track you know, we talk about Russell flipping Bottas off and, and walking away when he should have checked on him. You know, I think um, didn't Verstappen park his car on top of Lewis's head and and sort of he just... He did, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he just walked yeah. off. And, and mean, then tried to drive off his head. Yeah, yeah, tried to drive off his head and then got out <laughs> and just walked past him. Um, and yeah. initially I was very angry about that incident. I, I still think I'm a bit annoyed about it, but... When you realise that actually, you know, Lewis was trying to back that car out and it was quite obvious that he was trying to back the car out and it wasn't that he was unconscious and his foot was on the throttle. Um, it was kind of like, well, actually, he, you know, he's walking back to the pits. He knows the guy's safe. Uh, and, um, you know, if he was if he was really injured, he wouldn't have been trying to back that car out. Um, I kind of love to hate uh, Verstappen. I, I don't know what it is. I've really, really enjoyed him last four seasons, however long he's been racing now. What is he, seven or something? So, yeah, so like four seasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm not so happy when he's when he's um, taking wins away from Lewis. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when he's taking second places away from people, I wasn't, I was like, oh, he's a great driver and he's going to, he'll be a future world champion. Um <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe I'm just such a Lewis fan that I I despise anyone taking points from him. Um, and I can kind it is of easy to it, yeah. I kind of see to, why is, people love Schumacher so much. That the like the the Tifosi and the Schumacher <laughs> fans and the Ferrari fans they didn't care that yeah. he was totally ruining a sport by winning all the time. He 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 was their hero and he's their idol and and he was doing everything right. And you know what? I kind of, in retrospect, really appreciate what he did now. Maybe I didn't then, but I certainly do now. And I just hope that Lewis can bring it home for for um, for his eighth championship this year. Yeah, I want to I want to segue. I'm going to take your your job here, Dan. I'm going to segue using okay. that support from Max because I want to talk about some drivers after, but I want to take the bad races first. We we need to get the bad races out of the way. Uh, and Paul the... giving us all his highlights yet, Ben? Oh damn! I'll give us some more highlights, Paul. Sorry, we invite him on. Yeah, I know but... we don't let him speak. <laughs> I 
I, I've got like a goldfish memory. I um I remember I think things as I want to remember them. I think my highlights have been Alonso uh, being an absolute bullet off the start. You know, having this he has this ability to just drive a car really fast and really well and he finds grip where other people don't find grip and he's super brave and he's like a 25 year old still in that car and he's mental and I love watching him um I didn't think Ocon was going to be anywhere near as good as he as he's turned out to be I think actually that year away maybe did something for him in in a similar way that it did with Grosjean do you remember when Grosjean he used to crash all the time and I know he had that awful crash but before that he used to just he was like the Maldonado when he, he was just yeah. in fine crashes, even when they weren't there. Um, and then he went away and he came back <laughs> and all of a sudden in that Lotus um, or the Renault or whatever it was, that I think it was the Lotus, wasn't it? He came back and he was an absolute powerhouse. And I like seeing that from Ocon. He looks composed and driven. And that Alpine isn't the fastest car and it certainly isn't the most, you know, the best looking car out there. And it's livery is boring, but he drives it really well. It, it suits him. Yeah, I, I think it's worth adding on that, that Ocon has been a surprise package for me, but I think that is because of Fernando Alonso. I think having Fernando Alonso in the kind of um, the the mid-30s Fernando Alonso, maybe not that aggressive uh, Renault. Um, <laughs> yeah, not maybe not the old guy, you know, with Briatore uh, in, the, in this 2006 battle in Schumacher. He's mellowed a bit in his old age. And I think he's given Ocon a lot of help. And I think the Frenchman's coming through and becoming actually a quality driver. I think what's nice about uh, Alonso, uh, is, as I reflect on it now, as you're talking, Paul, is when you watch him drive, you can see how much fun he's having. Yeah, like, You legit. can see that fun coming out of the car and his face, even though you can't see his face, you can tell. And in his interviews after, he says about how much he ra- enjoyed racing against Russell, enjoyed racing against Hamilton. He's really enjoying himself right now, and that's when Alonso's at his best. I think everyone's at their best when they're having fun, aren't they? Because the, yeah, the reason why you do anything is because you did it as a kid and it was fun. You know, you don't, you, you don't want misery, do you? You don't want to spend your your working life or your your the enjoyable part of your working life being miserable so yeah he's 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 great out there isn't he he in the same way that Vettel was someone that I really didn't like very much when he was winning all the time and I, I see him I saw him as quite an arrogant an arrogant thing now I just see him as this all-round amazing guy and we didn't appreciate him when he was at the top of his game and hopefully he can Hopefully he can hang on. I'm not sure he's got the claws yeah. for it, but maybe he can hang on, though. But do you think that's because um, we, you know, as race fans, we want to see racing, and we like these personalities. And when we see them racing, that's obviously what they want to do, what they enjoy. You know, winning championships is one thing, but being out front all the time, not racing anybody, is one thing. Being in the middle of the pack where the racing happens. They're a bit alive. They're having to use their race craft that they might not have practiced for four or five years because they've been at the front on the bounce every year. So same with Vettel. And now we're seeing it with Alonso. He's in the midfield. He's racing people that he probably wouldn't have raced back in the day when he was at the top of his game. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe we'll see the same as with Lewis Hamilton, perhaps, if he moves into a car uh, or Mercedes suddenly drop off the top. Maybe we'll see similar with him. You know, we'll start to see... Lewis Hamilton enjoying racing and being really excited to watch rather than just going, well, he's out front. That's great because we want him to win. But yeah, I don't know what you think, Ben. 
I think he is now. I think Lewis Hamilton's enjoying his, his racing. And, and I've actually you know got a few words to say on Lewis Hamilton because we wanted to discuss a little bit later on about the the drivers that we like, maybe the drivers who've grown. And it's interesting that we sort of talk about Formula One, we talk about the races, and within 10 minutes of the podcast, we're diving into talks of the drivers. The drivers sell this sport to people. You, die, you pick on your favorite drivers, you get hold of them, you love them, you love them through the ups and downs. There's some drivers you don't like at the beginning of the careers, they warm on you. I'm a diehard German racing fan. I was a Schumacher fan as a kid, the, 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 you know, the young German in the fast blue car. Uh, and then it turned to Vettel and I was a huge Vettel fan, which meant Hamilton was never my biggest, I was never a biggest fan of, of, of Lewis Hamilton. I never really followed him, but now with Lewis Hamilton, I watch him and think, wow, you really are the greatest to ever do this, aren't you? Like, we're actually watching this guy. He is undoubtedly, undoubtedly, if I can speak, uh, the greatest of all time. And, and and it has sort of changed. And I think he is now racing with that smile on his face. And it's devastating speed. Uh, there's two drivers just miles away. I mean, miles away. We can talk about the Landos and the Russells and the sciences coming through. They're not close. They aren't. Paul, um, over this season, two drivers, which which two drivers for you have, uh, did you start the season either not liking or not that interested in and then now I just like, yeah, I'm into that. And the other is which has done it the other way around where you started the season going, I'm all in on this guy because they are all, all, all guys at the moment. Uh, um, and at this stage of the season, you're like, nah, I'm so over them. So who's yeah. hot and who's cold at the moment for you? I don't like Norris anymore. He's a bit of a... Ooh. It's a bit of a dick, isn't he? And, sorry, <laughs> I say that? You, are you joking here? Is, you, might need to qualify, you might need to qualify it's, this. He, um, you, you've got to give me some reason. I just... I just don't get a good vibe of him. Like I saw, I saw some of the stuff when he was, you know, when he was, when he was having that like bromance with Saints. Um, it was, it was fantastic, wasn't it? It was like, oh, look at these two guys. They're like social media gods. They're like nuts in each other, and they're trying to muck around with each other. Um, and they're great. I think he's putting it on. I think he's a huge ass. I, I've got nothing to prove. I can't prove any of it. It's just a feeling. So I get the sense he's a good racing driver and he's going to win races. And I hope he does. He's British and he drives for McLaren and, you know, it couldn't be more British than McLaren, could it? Um, but he's he just he just winds me up. I don't really like him very much anymore. Um, and that's the fickle nature of Formula One, isn't it? Okay. For no, no right. apparent that's, reason, that's I don't like solid- him. A solid candidate for who's who's gone cold. Who's gone hot for you? It's tough, isn't it? Ooh, ooh. I could say Russell, couldn't I? But that would be too easy. Um, I'm oh, Even though you don't see much of him on screen, I'm loving Schumacher. I think the name, having that name in the sport makes makes it better. I think yes. having having a legacy, having having you know what Michael Schumacher did was undoubtedly some of the greatest achievements that would you know no one thought anyone else was going to get seven championships right. That was never going to happen, was it? Oh my god, look all the races he's won, killer championships, and we have that, but we have someone sitting there equal to him who could potentially 
beat that record as well, which would mean he's got all of them, right? He'll have everything in, in one basket. Um, but I look at Schumacher's name on there and I'm just happy. I've just there's this this yeah. swell up. There's just something swells in in my heart, and it just makes me really over the moon that he could end up in a good car. He could win races, and if he ever wins a world championship, even though maybe you know maybe his dad, you know who knows what 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 state he's in, but I would hope that he will be in a position where he can see that or hear that and understand that mm. that's happened. A race, a podium, a win, a championship, whatever it might be, I just that's just that's legacy stuff in it. That's incredible for me. Yeah. So you think there's a there's a comfort thing to seeing those initials yeah. on that list. Like the you know, walking into a pub in the middle of winter and getting served a really well looked after pint of beer. Like there's, there's a comfort to that. There is. Uh, we're so used to seeing uh, Master of Science at the top of the grid. We saw it for for twenty years. Um, but well, I, I little, just little uh, university <laughs> joke for you there. Hey, little university <laughs> joke for you. Um, I think you're actually being hopeful because of the name, Paul. I, I think yeah, I probably am. Uh, Mick Schumacher. You are, and I think you. I, I love that 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 romantic idea that uh, that Michael, the great great Michael Schumacher is able to watch his son win a race and um, absorb it and and sort of compute it and be able to offer some kind of smile, happiness, emotion. We've no idea what condition he's in. I mean, you know, the the bad stories are he's not got any kind of life. The, The good stories are he's nearly walking. I mean, Listen, we're all hoping for that unveiling in 2022 after COVID's gone of Michael Schumacher walking into a press conference with like a, a walking stick and doing some kind of vogue. I don't know, but um, I think you're hopeful because of the name and I'm not sure Mick Schumacher has enough of his dad's quality compared Based, based on the fact that he's going to be up against George Russell, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Leclerc and Nikita Mazepin. Um, uh, ben i want to i want to wrap up the review bit uh so ben same question to you who's gone cold for you and who's gone hot for you okay so uh drivers that have grown on me uh one current and one ex-driver nikita mazepin um and nico (laughs) rosberg now listen i (laughs) okay no i'm joking right nikita mazapin's a waste of space nico rosberg i love this guy more and more and in five years time you guys are all going to say actually nico's all right hey uh but no i've got a serious answer the first one that's grown on me is lewis hamilton and that's that's strange it's a strange thing to say but exactly what i mentioned earlier about being a a massive fan of of german uh, drivers in the sport it took me a long time to be a huge fan of, of Hamilton, and it's only come in the last couple of years. His opening season was incredible. I remember watching it in 2007. I remember every race, but I thought he robbed Massa of the title next the year after. I think it was Timo Glock who made that mistake in Brazil. Uh, but he stepped up this season. He looks happy. He looks smiley. He's less kind of annoying in reality. <laughs> I don't really, I can't really explain it, but I just, he had that kind of arrogance, which I think sometimes puts people off. You mentioned it earlier about Seb Vettel. Um, he's kind of less preachy. Is also his work off, off, you know, away from the asphalt has been exemplary. The guys started initiatives for BAME, uh, helping underrepresented groups. And between him and Vettel, and Vettel is now literally the hero of Formula One as well, outstanding humans. A driver who's dropped, I want to get this out now, 
big driver who's dropped in my expectations, Charles Leclerc. He is simply yeah. not as fast as Carlos Sainz. Sainz is currently, I think, ahead in the driver's championship, albeit by a point or half a point. Um, and with just six races remaining, Sainz could actually win that battle. Who thought Carlos Sainz was going to come in and beat Charles Leclerc? So is that science exceeding expectations or is it actually Leclerc dropping? So I think Leclerc is down hot or not. Leclerc is not. Or is that Ferrari making shrewd, shrewd decisions um, or, or science making shrewd decisions? Um, so my hot or not, my uh, hot has to be, um, and I hadn't really thought about it until Paul, you mentioned it earlier, is Esteban Ocon. Genuinely wasn't that fussed about the guy like beginning of this season. Um, and now I'm like, actually, I enjoy watching him race and he can race as well. Uh, further to what you were saying earlier, uh, gone, co- uh, gone cold for me, Ben, it has to be Yuki Tsunoda. Did he start hot? Did he ever start? Well, we yeah, were the Yuki Tsunoda fan it? club. Yeah, you oh, were. Like he, we were all white over. Oh, look at his white wheels. Yeah. <laughs> that was Ben, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I want to buy a car with white Jeep. wheels. <laughs> <laughs> we, they got us hook, line and sinker. They really did. Um, and here we are, still holding the Yuki Tsunoda hat. Um, it, it, you know, paid up for the year as the fan club member. Um, and he's just, he's not been there. I mean, he's, he's still got a seat. Um, maybe we'll see a development next year. They clearly see some value in him. So we, we shall see what happens. Yeah, give him four <coughs> yeah, races so that's, next that's... year and Kvyat will be back in his seat, mate. Kvyat, yeah, <laughs> You never know. We've seen stranger <laughs> things happen. All right, so um, that'll wrap up the review part. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at WednesdayPod on either. Uh, Don't forget to um, find us on there, but also tell us what you think of the F1 season so far. And also, you have until Thursday to send us your questions for our wheelchair tennis playing Anthony Cotterill. Uh, Paralympian as well was over in Tokyo in um, 2020, well, 2021. Um, But he's joining us at the end of this week for uh, next week's show, and we're going chat to him all things sport and athlete type stuff right ben uh yes <coughs> can confirm but you've yeah got, we, you've got like uh, an actual olympian it. on you've got an olympian on the show a paralympian on the show paralympian, yeah. 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 Um, olympians uh, i i olympian that's in, insane how did you manage to get that how much are you paying the guy <laughs> uh, no no listen uh, he's paying us for the promotion i mean we we demand the fee uh so you can submit your questions through um spotify uh so if you're listening to this show or to last week's show you can submit your questions through there uh or please feel free to do it through twitter or instagram as well or you can leave a voice message on anchor okay gents uh, that's enough of what's happened so far Let's have a think about what's to come because six races, we know a lot can happen in just a single race. Um, It's fairly well established across the sort of F1 media, Twitter spheres, sentiment that the title race will go down to Abu Dhabi. Um, What do you think, Paul? What are your hopes and dreams for the remaining six races? I want to see a close racing, obviously, between as many teams as possible i i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it out there i think it's bottas's championship i've got a i've got a funny feeling that that we're gonna see some issues with the other two 
at the front. I think that they might drop some points. They might get some DNFs. You've got to look at the engine penalties that have happened recently. You know, those engines, they're under some serious stress in these last races. They're long, fast. You know, you've got sand, you've got dirt, you've got dust. You know, there's some intense areas that they're racing in. Going to Texas, Mexico, filthy. Like, the air quality is nasty there. It's high up, so they're going to be really they're going to be absolutely on the limit in Mexico. And then, you know, lots of sand at, at the other races. I, I think we're going to see, let's throw it out there. And I can't wait to uh, listen to this back in December when it doesn't happen. But Bottas is going to be <laughs> the world the world champion. Um, and Mercedes are going to be constructors champions. And it will go to next year for Lewis to try and win his eighth. Um there you go. There's a prediction. I, I, do you know what? I'm into that prediction because it's it's a good one because if it if it comes off, you're going to sound like a fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't, it's just a wild prediction and that's fine. <laughs> can he mathematically win the championship? I think oh, he can, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, 25, 25, 25 points. 25, yeah. Uh, a point so yeah, there's 150 lap. points. Okay. Oh, so he's going to get all six fast. <laughs> now, in, interestingly, you say you say that. I actually back up his opinion. Uh, uh, I think I think Paul's Landon right. I think Knights could still win it. Ah, okay. So it just go down. Um, <laughs> I think Bottas will actually win another race this season. I think he showed yeah. that he's still got speed in the tank. I think he's I think he's hungry for it. I think Bottas could decide the world championship. I don't necessarily think he's going to win it because I think Mercedes' reliability is too good to lose Hamilton for six races. But I hope it's not decided on reliability. That, for me, is the one thing I have to say. I do think Max Verstappen has got what it takes to get over the line. I want him to win because exactly what Paul said earlier in the show about the Schumacher name, the legendary Michael Schumacher, I don't want his seven to be beaten. I don't want it to be beaten. I think Hamilton and Schumacher finishing on seven each is lovely for the sport. I don't want to see Hamilton go to eight. I want the conversation to continue about who is the GOAT whether it's Hamilton or if you think it's Schumacher. If Hamilton gets eight, I think that decides it. So I hope Max wins the title. Uh, Mercedes, obviously winning the constructors. They're too consistent. I mean, I think I was in my 20s last time Lewis Hamilton had a mechanical retirement. Um, So, yeah, I just hope that we get to Abu Dhabi. What a shit race to have a finale but anyway i hope we get there and i hope it's down to that last race i think it was 2010 wasn't it when you had weber and alonso battling for the title and then out of nowhere vettel managed to win the race i think and and win his first construct his first world championship so hopefully we have something like that it is quite incredible to uh, hear the engines at the end of the year isn't it they sound like such a bag of nails and they really are on tenterhooks, and it's clearly um, never been m- like consistency and mechanical performance at this stage of the season with this close to title fight is so important. And they can't have messy pit stops anymore. You know, where was it a little while ago? They ended up with like a twenty second pit stop or something, and Max had an eleven second pit stop. And you know, it's little things like that that'll get to Abu Dhabi and go, "Fuck!" If we'd only got that pit stop right, Paul. Yeah, I think they, you know, you're getting what two point four second pit stops, and they're like average times now, two and a half seconds, two point nine, three seconds to to lift a car up, take four wheels off and put four wheels on. I don't care how, I, I don't care um, what what you say. That is some superhuman stuff going on there. 
those guys are drilled and drilled and drilled and drilled. And if they miss, you know, they're a millimetre out, it can decide races, it can decide um, futures of people in the sport. I, f- I find that out- outrageous. I would still like to see fuel stops because I don't like the cars being heavy and I, I like it when the cars are light and they just nail it, come in, fuel, tyres, nail it, come in, fuel, tyres. That's for me. That was at the pinnacle. You know, obviously, seeing Massa go down the pit lane with a with a hose hanging out the side of his car that <laughs> yeah. fuel everywhere. And, you know, if you we just want get... more fire. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, we all want to see Ryan Howell Frenson again. <laughs> yeah, uh, with like 40 pit crew on fire. But we talked about a couple of episodes ago, we're not going to see refueling because, you know, part of this green initiative is is to try and trick people into realizing these cars aren't run on fossil fuels. So, you know, they don't show the refueling that then people can watch it and go, oh, these cars just go around. It always seems very safe and green and happy and don't realize they've got 100 liters of jet fuel on board. Um, <laughs> I think the pit stops are incredible. You watch it on TV and sometimes you're looking at it and think, oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, 2.4, 2.5. You know, if, if that Formula One car was in your living room and you realized, shit, they're picking that up and changing all four tires in sometimes under two seconds, shit's crazy. Yeah, so I, I read once that I think, you know, around the quickest pit stops, the, the nut is undone and off before it come, the car comes to a stop. The wheel is off before it's fully raised. Like, that's how, like, on millimetre perfect, they have to be. Was that you? You at Quick Fit? That was me and you doing the uh, the Le Mans. Hey, listen, we we, the, uh... we we have skills. <laughs> you we, were very we... good at that. What's this space? To say, you were really good at that. <laughs> Watching you guys, it was like <laughs> it was like a well-oiled machine that was broken. Yeah, well oiled with something that wasn't oil, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, right. So um, we're going to do a bit of rapid fire because we want to, we can't talk too much, obviously the rest of the season, but because um, it hasn't happened I yet. I can. <laughs> um, but um, Ben, who's going to win US this weekend? Uh, Hamilton. Yeah, Lewis. Uh, Paul. All day long. Lewis. I mean, it's, it's his race. All right. He's at home. Yeah, and we, like, we like circuit in America, don't we, as well? Because not fun. only is it quite a fun race to watch, uh, or fun circuit rather, it's also one at a good time. It's in the evening. Five o'clock. So, you know, don't have, to, don't have to park the family for a couple of hours and just come back to it. Um, Mexico, great circuit. Um, uh, it used to be. Where, who's going to win, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, true. Um... Ricardo? Oh, bold call, Ben. The McLaren's going to be strong now, you know. McLaren's favourable in Brazil. Uh, and then we've got the back-to-back. Um, uh, not back-to-back, sorry. No, they're not. Qatar and then Saudi Arabia. Uh, two new tracks on the calendar for this year. Jeddah. Uh, Yes, Saudi Arabia is Jeddah, yeah, Qatar, and then Saudi Arabia. So, Ben, we, we don't know much about that, do we? Who's going to win Yeah, there? I think Qatar would be interesting. It's obviously an incredible MotoGP track. I think Verstappen wins that, so uh, I think we get Mercedes for a couple of races. I think Verstappen will win Qatar, uh, and then obviously across to Saudi Arabia. Uh, I, I, I won't acknowledge that race, so we'll move <laughs> on from that. Paul, thoughts? Yeah, Jeddah looks, that's Qatar, right? Qatar, Jeddah, Jeddah, Qatar. Jeddah is Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. I don't know which one's which. I I think one looks really good and the other one looks really good. 
Um, but yeah, there's some issue around racing in Saudi Arabia, isn't there? Um, just, just yeah. there's a lot of issues around um, Saudi Arabia. And when we went to Bahrain, I think there was a lot of talk about it. And when we went to Abu Dhabi, there was lots of talk about it. And about Russia. It. And Russia, yeah, the way that they treat humans if you're a bit different. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't like that. I like this. Okay off with his head you know that is the sort of stuff we're talking about isn't it um but they are very important countries for um for the for the future of sport aren't they boxing is going to these places and MotoGP already races there um we have to acknowledge the fact that the world is the world and it's a world championship and we visit all of these countries and we try and change perceptions and promote um promote equality and hopefully by taking the formula one circus to these countries it gets people talking about it it opens up lines of discussion that maybe not haven't really been spoken about before in in mainstream media and maybe that will change things you know if we if we stay silent and you think you just go there's a country in another part of the world that we're never going to go to more stuff happens, doesn't it? So let's hope that it can it can change things for the future. That's what I'm hoping for. You can't you can't you can't use these beautiful words and this this well articulated uh, statement to make me like Saudi Arabia because like as you were talking, then I was like, oh, maybe I should give it a chance. That's all right, <laughs> and you are right. Let's let's be honest here. You are, and and these countries are emerging from the oil industry into green tech because that's going to be the future, and they have to make the move, and we can't just you know. Um, uh, admonish these countries forever but Saudi Arabia's you know record you know women's rights is is just horrific um and for me you know we're going to have a, a female formula 1 driver within the next 2 years uh and are we then going to go to Saudi Arabia and i mean how's that going to work you know they're barely allowed to drive on the roads you know, women are subservient uh, beings over there. I have a lot of issues with it, but again, you're right. We, we go to all these oil-rich countries, and you know, Bahrain. What a race circuit! It's become one of my favourite. That the, short circuit was remarkable, wasn't the it? The Sakir is incredible. Watching, uh, watching the soon-to-be Mercedes uh, driver um, Russell fly yeah. past Bottas <laughs> and have seven pit stops or something. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we're going to be tight. What comes after Saudi? What comes after Saudi? Well, Arabia? I just want a, a, a final comment on Saudi Arabia because um, you know it's really easy for us three to sit here uh, with our you know singular perspective on the world having never been to some of these places and not experienced it but of course um, because of uh, as Paul said because this has been the narrative in the media and lots of people obviously on Twitter just railing against Saudi Arabia for this that, and the other and railing against F1 for it because the, the narrative goes that it sits completely at odds with F1's uh, we race as one message <coughs> uh, tolerance equality and so on so um there's been some very uh yeah there's been some very good um articles of course recently about people journalists who are who, who follow formula one around the world uh, for example formula e there was an article i was reading earlier and the, uh, you know, they were they were just saying that actually lots of good things happen while motorsport is in saudi arabia uh and that you know we should be going there to be promoting this to be 
putting an eye on to have these conversations and so on so it's never as uh, these things are never as uh, clear cut as as we perhaps convey them uh, and despite our um you know things we've talked about in the past i think we're always uh, keen to make sure that actually we're we've been quite measured despite obviously being quite jokey about it at times as well can and i can i just quickly jump in as well i just wanted to just <clears throat> of course what it always comes down to as well though is is turn three leading into turn four going to create a passing opportunity in turn five? That, <laughs> yeah. that is fundamentally what we want. You know, yes, we <laughs> want to see some change, but what I actually want to see is a decent racetrack at a good race. And yeah, that is, that is, that is kind of what we're, that's why we're there. That's what we're looking forward to. Uh, you know, is this, yeah. it's a bit uh, Herman, esque isn't it parts of that track it's kind of a bit you know a bit malaysia so let's hope that um because we've got no data because there's no real knowledge of what the track's going to do just like last year's covid year you know when you turned up at imola no idea when you turned up at that uh port of mal i was like what is this place this is insane hopefully we're going to get that those two tracks which will you know which is the reason why bottas is going to win the championship maybe Okay. <laughs> all right so uh speaking of which then so that after that 12th of december abu dhabi um so bottas you've got paul with mercedes um on the constructors ben who are you going for abu dhabi we've got another race in there haven't we not six left uh yeah us mexico brazil qatar saudi arabia abu dhabi oh brazil's in there of course okay yeah did i miss um, brazil out great. no what, that's okay that's, that's for stappen as well no way yeah unbelievable not yes, that's shots. a Red Bull track. Yeah. Was it? Um, yeah, so Verstappen will win that and Qatar and then Saudi. Yeah, so actually, I think, I think this, this is Verstappen how Verstappen will win. Yeah. It's a Red Bull yeah, Verstappen, track. I think Abu Dhabi. <laughs> God, he's so bad. Um, so, so you've got uh, Verstappen for the win and who for the constructors? Uh, oh, Mercedes, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get Mercedes Constructors, and I'm going to have to, just to even out, I'm going to put my, uh, Lewis for the championship. Yay. I really want him to get the eighth um, before the regs change. I want a clean slate on everything in 2022. I don't want to have to be invested in any one driver. I want a clean slate where to start with the new cars. So that brings us to uh, to talking about 2022. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find us there and on Instagram at WednesdayPod on either. Tell us what you think about uh, what's to come in the season so far. Uh, uh, still yet to come, rather. Um, who do you think is going to win the title? Could it be Lando Norris? You know, could there be a load of DNFs from Bottas, Max and Lewis? Who knows? Probably not. Um Right. Uh, so next year, we've got 2022 coming. Um, so COVID pushed back the new regulations from 2021, didn't they? Uh, they gave us a, an exciting year, so it was all worth it. Uh, we had the launch of the car uh, earlier this season, and the regulations are fairly well known now. Um, we can get into a bit of detail if you want. Um, but next year, we've got loads of young drivers in loads of great seats. We've got new regs. Is this what Formula One needs and is it going to work, Paul? What are your thoughts? It's certainly what the American owners of Formula One want it to be. They want it to... Yeah. They. I feel like they're just kind of dumbing it down a bit. The cars, I'm sure, will end up looking vastly different to the to the ones that they've showed yeah. us. Um, 
and a few of the ones that I've seen in sort of like your your sneaky photos that you get um, popping up on the internet in different places. But they just look a bit, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want the cast to follow closer. I want I want someone to be able to come through um, Spoon, you know, nose to tail with another car so that they can actually get a run up the hill and, and, and try and pass into 130R or whatever track it might be. I'd love them to be, you know, side by side with vortices coming off the wings and, you know, getting that sort of Mansell Senna feeling back to the sport. But it's probably not going to happen, is it? Because they'll work out some way of lowering something and twisting a barge board, which will mean that the that the air coming off the back of their car is significantly uh, more turbulent than the others. And then they'll all do it. And then before you know it, it's a different change for 2023 and then a different one for 2024. Yeah. And just like this season, you get, you're getting to a point now where your championship's not been as close as this for... 14, 15 years, right? And maybe we've had some pretty dull races. We certainly have had some where they didn't even race, but that's a weather-based thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, if you took these cars into next season with no changes or maybe just re- reduced a little bit off the front wing so that there was you know, less front downforce and they weren't relying on it uh, aero-wise and it was more mechanical grip, you'd have the same tight season, wouldn't you? You, you know, you would, you would be absolutely gagging to see another season like this where you've got five constructors I mean, it was last race we had five different constructors in the top the top six wasn't it I mean we had, I something think like there that. was something ridiculous like yeah. that I, I don't know let's hope that it works right you've got these big wheels big rims you know low profile tyres you've got these weird front wings that look like uh, you know, something out of the sea looks like a very manta ray sort of esque, doesn't it? You've got these curved rear wings that are very low and very wide. That are, I tell you, it just looks like they've got a ten-year-old to draw it. Draw something pretty. Okay, <laughs> it does look like something out of Wipeout, uh, doesn't it? Like yeah, it does. If Wipeout was to design a Formula One car. Um, and just a just a bit of background. You hit the nail on the head, didn't you, Paul? The the the, the headline figure they're aiming for here is physically closer racing so one of the bigger challenges that cars have at the moment is literally being able to follow each other within like a second second and a half like once they get to that point they can't close the gap any further because aerodynamics is so important so aero is such a massive upgrade this year hence why the cars look this weird sleek and they're forcing a lot of the downforce to be generated underneath the car instead of uh, via barge boards and all this kind of veins that you get popping up and stuff um so aero is a massive update but i love i love the look of the 18 inch tires i don't love the fact that they're putting the hubcaps on yeah the hubcaps should be banned ban the hubcaps that's what i'm saying oh yeah wait until sonoda's running white hubcaps in in in, um in shakedown in february i think the hubcaps that's Love a go with the Rolls Royce style ones that just stay um, horizontal. Spinners, but they Spinners, did that. Yeah, that, we, the back in the day they did that. The, all of the caps. Remember when we used to have the caps on the F1 cars? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they did. You're they right. They were move. like, yeah, they were locked to yeah, the, the wheel nut. It's important to say that the downforce, the change in that, um, I think an F1 car loses something like 35 or 40% downforce when running behind. The idea is they're going to reduce those figures to 4%. If they can reduce those figures, it is lit- literally guaranteed to be close to racing. That, that, that is going to be a fact. 
whether that's going to mean more exciting racing or you're just going to be able to sit closer and then not overtake, who knows? The low-profile tires are super exciting, uh, and I think eventually they might end up just looking like LMP1 cars in reality. You know, the last 20 years of endurance racing, they've got the winglets coming over the front wheels now for this next season. Well, you say that. One of the things they want to remove eventually, uh, I think they've targeted a year, haven't they? I forget what it is. They want to remove um, tire warming, don't they? So the, the lower-profile tires are part of that, aren't they, to reduce the heat... Um, sensitivity of the tires to make that less of an effect you know this whole warming that goes on in f1 it's quite unique to formula one isn't it yeah reducing tire warm is also important uh, for the planet uh, because you know these uh, cars these uh, type trucks pirelli trucks are driving tires around the world to all these far-off destinations keeping the tires at 80 wheels, degrees yeah ovens <laughs> in the back like Hang it's actually incredible they, that well, how they hot. stay hot the whole time yeah, yeah, they have to stay hot or they lose their um, like um, rigidity or, or, or compound, which break apart. Yeah. Um, so they're literally driven around in heaters. It's mental. I mean, the money that must cost, and obviously it can't be great for the environment, like a, a re, you know reverse refrigeration trucks. Um, but they're going to, you mentioned it, the ground effect. They had that ground effect in the 70s. These cars were banned in the 70s because they were too damn fast. So we could actually be coming back into an era where these cars they suddenly crazy speeds they're overtaking they're sitting behind each other like almost nascar speed like two centimeters behind and come out i'm hopeful i'm also hopeful really hopeful for a repeat of Braun 2009. I just want to see a <laughs> random manufacturer. My money's on Haas to just absolutely dominate. <laughs> Not when Mazapan had two seconds. If Mazapan was 0.2 of a second behind you, you and it, that guy pulls out, you're in the wall. You don't... You don't he is. <laughs> He's a danger. He's a danger. Absolute danger. Absolute menace. Um, I, I, I genuinely think that my son could drive the car better than him. I... I <laughs> <laughs> I, if he was a it's billionaire, fair. he'd be in Hass's seat right now. They'd be like, this guy's, he's great. He's 13. He's got a broken arm, but we totally believe in him and his billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I, I, I particularly like the way the cars look. They look futuristic, which is exciting. Um, and Formula One has to go through these changes. It always has done. It always will. Um, and like you say, Paul, teams will find a way to break the rules within legalities uh which will then get legislated against the following race and then uh, you know blah, blah blah and christian horner will moan about toto wolf doing something and toto wolf will moan about christian horner doing something and that will all carry on and that'll be fun to watch is that Ka that's karen horner we're talking about is it <laughs> karen horner yes it's karen right <laughs> oh here he goes i love this narrative that's built up that's built up it's fantastic um cool so that's next year so yeah i mean and, and then we've got the drivers we've got russell um lando you know contentious now apparently um and other you know young drivers coming through leclerc science and lewis hopefully off the back of his eighth championship just gunning for an exciting season because you know why not I can't believe 55 minutes in and we've not even talked about the driver of the season for most people, Gasly. The guy's unbelievable top six finish, top six finishes in the tire, the, the um, Alpha Tauri, um, Toro Rosso, whatever it used to be called. Um, hopefully they're fast again next year. I think all we want is what Paul said, and that's multiple constructors that can actually win a race. It's been incredible to see the kind of uh, re-emergence of, of McLaren over the last few races. 
we want close racing between more than two people. It's been fantastic and it's going to be fantastic to watch the culmination of Verstappen and Hamilton. But we just want loads of constructors, loads of race winners. And let's hope that Sebastian Vettel can get on the top step of the podium again once more. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us and, uh, you know, find out what we're chatting about, or chat with us, find us on Twitter at Wednesday Pod or on Instagram at Wednesday Pod. Um, I've got a little quiz for you both. Bit of a surprise, uh, potentially, but a little quiz for you both. But before we do that, and um, I want your ten, um, your elevator pitch from either of you. So, you know, you've got like what, 20 seconds to pitch Formula One to someone that hasn't watched the season so far uh, to, to, to pitch to them that they should watch the next six races. All right, Ben, I'm going to start with you to give our guest a bit more time to prep. Uh, ben, you've got 20 seconds. Um, would you like a bit of prep time? Because I can just put I don't want any prep time. It's about the pressure. That's All what right, Formula okay. One's about. You, you just got to give me like a klaxon <laughs> or like a buzzer sound. All right. The Dan okay. Three, two, one, go. Possible fiery vehicular death. (laughs) 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 I mean, that's how last season ended, pretty much, wasn't it? So, I mean, listen, uh, no, listen, we don't want to see death in front of one. But I'm saying anything can happen. There is no script. It is motor racing. It's old school. It's fantastic. Everything apart from Crofty is good about this sport. You want to, you want to tune in. You want to watch. All right, thank you. Um, all right, Paul, your turn in um, three, two. I've got to get excited one. for this. Go. Do you want to see the same racing driver spin at every single track? Of course you do. He's Russian. He's worth loads of money, and he's shit at his job. It's Nikita. Go fuck yourself, Mazepin. Fuck you, hey. Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> Fiery death. I'm really glad. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm really glad neither of you sit on the fence about what you want to see in Formula One. Okay. So moving swiftly on then, here's the quiz for you. So the That's quiz is based on out. liveries. <laughs> liveries. And um, we know that uh, every now and then a team puts you on the special livery. So last weekend, for example, Red Bull had their special Honda uh, livery, which is, I thought, stunning. A really good looking car. Um, or last race rather, and um, often at testing, you might not see uh, the race trim livery. It's often some good livery shown in testing. So liveries, for those who don't know, this is what the car looks like, the paint job, essentially. Uh, and some of them look a lot better than others. So the quiz is based on liveries. All right, so I'm going to start with Red Bull. There is one, two, three, four, five, uh, five questions, and then an open question at the end. So first question is... Um, Paul, I'll start with you. Red Bull have run special liveries for three, or at least three, but three uh, different big film franchises. Can you name all three? No, I can't name any of them. I I have no idea. No idea. Um, All right. No worries. I, I, I would have remembered one of them, not all three of them, to be fair. Ben. I mean, James Bond. Aston Martin, that would have been one. Um, I'm going to say Fast and the Furious. Nope, not on my list. Okay, and I'm going to say Shrek. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a bit of a curveball. Uh, No, so James Bond, you're correct. Star Wars. 
What? They've not run a Star Wars livery. They have. They did Star Wars livery, and they had Stormtroopers, and the pit crew had, like, uh, Stormtrooper-type helmets, and Superman as well. Oh. And they were both... They are all pretty cool liveries, to be fair. So cool, <laughs> all right. I can't remember. So, what... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is back in the day when stuff like that was cool. That's too. no moon. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that's the it, Death Star. To be fair, it was for the shit, um, shit Star Wars film. So you know, no one cared at the time. Uh, what did Ferrari do to their livery and race suits as a show of respect post nine eleven? Oh, Paul, to you first. So there was, I think there was contention. There was a lot of demand for not racing, but I think um, various teams pressed ahead and, and Ferrari had a particular livery and approach. Did they have the Shut names up, of all... Okay, okay, Paul first. <laughs> did I'm they, say, have, did the they have the names of all... Uh, <laughs> did they run like a fire engine deal, like like F, FDNY? Ladder 39 or whatever it was. No, it's, it's a good shout. It's a good shout. That's what I would have done. you think names. No, so what they went, they went no branding. Pure, just red car and a black nose cone. And all the team outfits were completely non-branded, just the Ferrari red. So they went with no branding whatsoever. That was their choice. Huh. All right. I, I generally thought, um, I, I didn't think this was going to be as hard. Not that I would have got it, but you two are like proper nerds and I thought you'd get this stuff. Uh, right. You'll, you'll remember this one though. Mercedes 200th Formula One GP. Um, what did they do to their livery and overalls? And then what happened next? Didn't they? Ben, um, oh, you. sorry, Ben. Go on. You you get this one right, Ben. Oh, this is unfortunate because I think because I think Paul knows what this one is. Uh, 200th livery. The did they? Um, was it? Were they Union Jacks? Uh, no. Okay, were they? Uh, that's, that's were they guess, did they have faces really. of Nicky Lauda? Yeah, no, you've had your guess. I mean, the, the uh, Union Jack for the well-known German team. Yeah, good, good shout, Ben. <laughs> all right, Paul. <laughs> I didn't they go like? Didn't they all like wear fifties outfits or something silly like that? When they all like dressed up, and it was. I'm pretty sure it was the last race they had it. It was Nurburgring or Germany, was, and then both the um, cars crashed, didn't they? <laughs> Lewis sticking uh, the Bottas wall. crashed, and Lewis had an unplanned pit stop and none of the tyres were ready. It was a pure farcical. You might as well have played the Benny Hill theme tune alongside that. And I think it was an absolute write-off. And I think Toto Wolf was like, we're literally never wearing anything special again. Um, but Which the car they, was decked out in some kind of... Yeah, it had like a... Kind yeah, of thing. ripped off at the front when it so it looked like an old silver yeah. arrow at the front. You know, yeah. I remember. And then they kind of, they That's mocked... Right. They mocked Red Bull, didn't they, at the last race, going, oh, we remember what happened last yeah. time. And then Red Bull yes. went back at them with, like, hey, look, podiums. Yeah, yeah pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Can anyone remember what Jaguar did in 2004 to promote Ocean's 12? Did they run over George Clooney? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it was did, as calamitous. Did Mark Webber... Um, uh, try to to pull off a heist. Uh, no, but um, th- what they did is they embedded a diamond into the nose cone. Oh, Formula One's so bougie, and they crashed. Uh, Christian, uh, I don't know the driver's name. Christian Clear, Klein, Clear, yeah, yeah Clear. <clears throat> um, yeah, crashed, and the diamond was never seen again. 
Was it an actual diamond? Allegedly uh, just got lost, but, you know, was it a PR stunt? Who knows? But, yeah, there you go. I like how they keep cost-cutting cost <laughs> focus now, just yeah, destroying, yeah. destroying diamonds across gravel traps. <laughs> it's Monaco. There's diamonds running the streets. Oh, okay. Um, right, finally, and Paul, I'll throw this question to you first. Um, uh, an easy one for you, I hope. Who brought the golf colours and logos back to the streets of Monaco this year? McLaren F1 team based in Woking England McLaren the answer is McLaren <laughs> uh yeah what a beautiful sight that was too hey two seconds boys hang on he's off to get his jacket the guy is off to get his special limited edition McLaren is golf he, is jacket. he got a golf jacket it's a beautiful thing to see look at that oh I bet that's more expensive than my laptop I can confirm. Um, be, let's be honest, though. The golf <laughs> colours are sublime. They all yeah. evoke emotion with all of us. We just we just look at those colours and think, wow, that's what racing cars should look like and racing liveries should look like. Amazing. And let's just remember earlier on in the conversation, you know, we were moaning about having to race in these uh, oil uh, producing companies. And here we are gushing over an oil company. Yeah, we're all fickle. We're all, we're all hypocrites. You ever seen a hypocrite before, Dan? I, yeah. right I, love, I love oil. Right, so, I wouldn't have a massage without some. <laughs> there it is. All right, Ben, favorite livery of all time? Favorite livery of all time. Good Could Lord, special Dan. one off or just a general one? Uh, my favourite livery of all time is the Lotus Lotus John Player Special, the black and gold. Good call, good call, Paul. Yeah, everyone says that, but they're wrong. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Williams uh, Cannon Camel black, uh, Blue Yellow. Oh, with the yellow, white. with the yellow. Ca- oh, okay. Of course, it's it strong... is. Did Mansell win that uh, Mansell, title in that car? Yeah, Mansell won the title in that car. That is that's the yeah. That's the only way for Benetton early nineties. Oh. Yeah, the multicolored, the green and red and yellow one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one was alright. I've got two for you. Two for you that stand out. One is the the Jordan, the snake. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a that's a car. What a beauty. Uh, the second though was a testing livery, and I really really liked it. And Red Bull always do or often do some good testing liveries. The camo one, and it was twenty eighteen. Yeah, the digital camo. They got the white. Uh, black and blue i thought that looked proper I yeah that really was nice did look they did there was a yellow uh a judd that was in it was all the camel you know it was just pure the camel cigarettes logo and it was all yellow yes. that was a that was a lovely looking car as well wasn't it there you go they should bring back cigarette manufacturer absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. why are we why do we care like just put this, the cigarette company should change and make I don't know like candy sticks and then so we can support them again with these cigarettes Ben <laughs> yeah so like we should be able to get behind them again because you know cigarette companies are dying and, and, and maybe good reasons but we need to have cigarette manufacturers back because they're just good looking brands they are, are you saying we should start I mean, amazing. Uh, we should start a GoFundMe for for cigarette companies for, um, yeah I want to GoFundMe for Marlborough cigarettes <laughs> yeah make smoking cool again. I wonder. <laughs> you heard it here first. Make it cool again. I think we should Speaking have like to two asthmatics. stuff on there. We should, have, we should have classic stuff on there, like Hubba Bubba and, you know, really like Snickers. You know, in America, I look at, I look at NASCAR and stuff and I'm like, you've got the logos, man. You've got all the logos. But it, it, They've nicked all yeah, the logos. What doesn't work? 
McDonald's doesn't work and Coca-Cola. I don't know. Seeing those two things on a Formula One car just doesn't seem to fit. You go to McDonald's for your one ninety nine Happy Meal, like, and that's on a, like a you know several million pound race car, like. It just doesn't seem to gel. I know McDonald's is worth a fuckload of money, so they yeah, got but a ton. But. I think the Magni Core Trophy is out of a Happy Meal. The uh, Michelin, <laughs> the Michelin <laughs> man, the, the white, <laughs> yeah, the white Michelin gorilla that you you get given. Um, but we've also got some man- massive manufacturers coming in. That's worth noting on a Formula One special that Audi and Porsche, Porsche look very set. Porsche look very set to be in uh, for twenty twenty four, possibly. So I mean. God knows what sponsors they're going to roll in with. Yeah, that's a, they're not going to come in. as They're not coming in as teams, though, are they? They're going to come in as engine manufacturers, from what I understand. Yeah. <laughs> At the start, for the start. How long did it take Mercedes to 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 become a full team, though? A long time. A thousand years. It was like one billion years. It was. Yeah. It was a billion <laughs> Plus years. Those- those teams are going to be stretched as well because they're going to have massive investments into um, endurance racing as well. Uh, do we need to go so. fund me for Audi and Porsche as well? <laughs> yes, we do. I, I just, no, well, folk, are we going to get more than 20 cars? That's the key, isn't it? <laughs> are we going to have more than 10, you know, more than 20 cars on the grid? Back in the day when we used to get 24, 26 cars, it was 24 the most we've yeah. ever had, right? And that just... I think Monaco needs more cars <laughs> i you know i think monaco needs to not be on the calendar oh, i agree i agree wholeheartedly agree seconded dan third it just sprint race yeah i mean only. i'm happy with it on the calendar just put it as something different you know time trials sprint race okay. time trials sprint also race only, yeah or backwards Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh imagine in that rever- like in reverse yeah Reverse Monaco, <laughs> reverse grid, reverse track, um, 100%. reverse driving. Yeah, every car's got a diamond in the nose cone. <laughs> Dressed like a gorilla. All right, I think that probably neatly <laughs> brings neatly? us to the end of this week's show. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wednesday Pod, or you can leave a voicemail here on anchor and don't forget to tell your friends subscribe like comment and all that usual stuff with podcast do whatever you do paul thank you so much for joining us again and filling in for simon i can tell you you are a hundred percent better at conversation about formula one than simon yeah i don't know who simon is no one cares i don't think anyone's ever listened to him talk uh is he even real we don't know uh simon well, you're not i'll tell you what he, he, he... <laughs> Well, he doesn't listen to the show, so what he doesn't know is I edit him out every week. I would as well. Just it does. <laughs> he's, he's called Simon. I mean, come on. <laughs> man. Uh, well, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's all for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. You know where to find us. Until next week on the last Wednesday of the week. All that's left to say is I've been Dan. I've been Ben. Big up your status. Eyes pull, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, be kind. Bye-bye.